I'll tell you what, this is another thing of St. Jude's where I love the fact is when we came back home, they actually pay the nurse four hours per day for the week so I can go and do things for myself. And I was able to keep some normality back in my life. And that's when I would take the time to go run or do what I had to do. Yes. Because I'm like, if I don't take care of myself, how am I going to take care of him or my daughter? I just I have to keep normality back in my life. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main F's in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Okay, so today's guest is a special one. And I know I say this all the time, but all my guests are special, but this one is like a decade coming. And um, it's great when I'm able to have people that I would consider personal friends that are also inspiring heroes to me to come on my podcast, because then of course they can become a part of your circle. And, you know, there's going to be some commonalities I can guarantee you in today's stories that I hope you take away in why this person is so special. And you've already heard the intro with all the accolades of this badass person. So thank you. I will officially call you Alexa. Thank you for coming on Alexa, but I got to call you Lex. (laughs) Um, So Lex, we're going to dive right in. So I met Lex and I'm going to let her tell a lot of this story because I'm a little nervous. It might be a little bit emotional, but then I promise to take you to a really positive place on the other side of this, because we've got two things to talk about here today. And you know, um, one of them being the C word with cancer. I don't have a lot of people on the podcast talking about this because to be honest, it's, it's a, it's an icky topic. And I typically like to bring people on that inspire you and show you their heroic journeys. But unfortunately the statistics with cancer show you that it doesn't always happen that way. And, Alexa, Lex, has gone through something that, to me as a parent, it's my worst nightmare, and that is having a child get cancer and pass away from cancer. And so for me, I actually had the honor, and I considered an honor because I got to watch you go through that journey from actually we were together prior to the diagnosis because... You know, we joked that we thought maybe he was doing drugs. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about that too. You know, Rashid, I mean, your last time in the hospital with him and me watching you go through that was, I mean, it just showed me an incredible power that we have within us because I saw you overcome. I saw you actually, you know, survive through that. And I'm sure, you know, we'll get into that and talk about the things that you had with you, but then also talk about what a badass you are. Because in your career, when I met you, I was so proud because I remember meeting you and you had a private parking spot on the military base. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have this badass friend, like let's go take some pictures with fighter jets. And so let's talk first about your career. I mean, you're in the military. This is how I met Lex. You know, we, we met through track, track and field with our kids, but it's a military community in Virginia. And she was um, active duty in the military and raising two kids on her own. So I immediately was like, okay, I need to be friends with this badass. Then I find out she's like a real badass at work that there's really no one that she's, she's actually paved the way as a female and a minority female in the military. So tell me about your story. Did you want to be in the military? How did you get in the military? And then we'll go from there. Well, first, Amy, I just want to say, I love you. Uh, And when you actually gave me the invite, I just had to jump right in. Uh, thank God that the military allowed me to travel where uh, nearby where I can actually drive here. Yes. And I just, if I could have, I mean, flew here, I would have. But 
I love you since day one. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely an honor to be here with you and seeing you again after 10 years. I know. Um, And even though 10 years have gone by, there's not a time where I don't speak about you to someone. Same. You know, and it's just just, just inspirational. You're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And you're breaking records. You're Mm -hmm. always saying about you want to make an impact. We already make an impact. It's just it's becoming a stronger impact to me. So it's definitely an honor to be here. And I just I mean, I'm a little bit nervous, too, (laughs) um, because, you know, you're putting me up there. And, you know, I'm just uh, I'm very humble and I'm just honored to be here. So I joined the military not knowing what I was really walking into, to be honest with you. I was born in New York, but I was raised in South America and Colombia um, from when I was three months until I was 12. My parents brought me back to New York uh, from 12 until 17 when I joined the military, barely knew any English and just jumped right in because I lived in the the ghetto, you know, and I just knew that I was not going to have a future. So I had to literally leave the neighborhood. I just jumped right in. I just signed up, not knowing what I was walking into. And here I am. It was just a leap of faith is really what what it was all about. I feel that if I want to change in my life, I need to make a change, a dramatic change. Right. First one in the the family to be in the military ever. (laughs) So it was just everything was new. So needless to say, I joined uh, the rate of aviation ordinance men where is barely any females. So that was another difference. And then um, I had to learn a new language also, the, the Navy language. Yeah. So that was just challenge after challenge after challenge. But then I overcame. Um, 30 years in. Yeah. Um, and, and those of you, I mean, if you're not a military brat or if you've been around it, like, listen, you can't even stay in the military <laughs> past 20 years. One, unless you're like an officer and you actually have to like matter. To the military. I mean, they've got to see the value in keeping you in. So when you meet someone on the street from now on that's been in past like 28 years, I promise you there's someone important. And then to be a female that, I mean, when I met you, you were the first lady gunner there on that. Now you're in a new position. Tell me about your latest position. So I have actually got diverted into my new job uh, while I was on transfer leave um, into become um, the first force ordinance handling officer, which is staff duty. Um, and I'm the first female ever. Um, wow. So it's definitely, uh, I was like, what, who, me, what? And that, the minute I checked in was like, we need to have a story. I was like, I, I, you need to do what? I need to interview you. Cause you're too and, humble. And, so you're probably and, like, so, and I was just like, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. So um, because of the humble, I also have to realize that you have to share your story. Yes. You have to. It's not for you not to share because you just don't know who you are going to touch. And the lady, uh, that the young lady that actually interviewed me was her first interview ever. Wow. And she said, here I am. I was doubting myself that I could do this. And I'm looking at someone that is just literally just giving give, give me, giving me all the fuel possible that I, it can be done. And I, she was just, she was extremely blessed. And she was just like, it was supposed to be a 10 minute interview. And it turned out to be an hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> so, it. you know, just love it. So it's just, uh, we're here to, to do that, to touch lives, you know, to yeah. be that impact. I'm just blessed. And um, I'm here to tell my story. Wow. So when I met you, you were like 20 years in then. Yes. 19, maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, and those of you that, you know, an ordinance handler, this is the funny thing, ordinance. I had no idea what this was. It's the missiles. Like, how cool is that? Like, she's the person that's like ordering the missiles for the fighter jets. Like, I remember you taking me on the base there and we actually got to go out, you yes. know, and stand in front of the fighter jets. Like, it's a really, really important job, which comes with a lot of responsibility. It does. Right. And then add to it, when I met you, you were a single mom. So, I mean, not only have you overcome, I mean, in your career, you've overcome being um, a female in a position where you don't see very many females now. So that's already almost like a strike against people in the military. Let's face it. That's how it's been in the past. Now you're a single parent. How has, you know, I mean, talk about someone that has to really deal with being able to be adaptive and resilient and your kids had to learn to be resilient because you'd have to leave at times 
Talk me through that. Cause when I met you, I know you were on shore duty, right? but you had to leave, you know, after that. And you had left before that, you know, how, what advice would you give to someone that right now is like the single mom going through the jobs and working and, you know, how did you juggle it all? So I was blessed to have my mom and my family. That was definitely get my, the support given. And my mom said, the only way I, I know that I'm supporting you is because I know you're doing something for yourself. Mm-hmm. If it was for other reasons, I would not. Right. Um, so, and, you know, cause I grew up in a very strict home um, and she did, you know, whatever I had to do, whether it was to order extra bed or whatever I had to do to make sure that my children's life didn't change as much after living with me. I just wanted to make sure that it was transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it was a struggle at the beginning, um, but I just knew that God has given me these two beautiful children that were going to be way ahead of life. Because a lot of children nowadays, they don't know what separation is about. Right. And when they, they live with a parent for 18 years and they got to go away from college, they just don't know how to uh, be separated. Right. Handle the independence. They don't, they don't. My children had to learn that. My children had to learn with separation and overcoming. And I, I made I was very creative. Like if I say I have to go away for this many days, let's make a calendar or yeah. here's here's 30 candies. Eat one every night. And I'm going to eat it the same. So that way, when you reach to the last candy, mommy will be back. Yeah. You know, it was just uh, becoming creative and everything that I did was for them. Well, and you showed me that it's your quality of time, not your quantity of time. Because when I met you, I mean, I was always (laughs) in awe of the closeness that you three had. You, Rashida, and Destiny were so close. And I thought, well, this is a parent that hasn't always been able to be at home. Yet when you were with them, I mean, you were with them. And so I think that's an important thing to always remember with our kids that you just, if you can give even five minutes of quality time, that, that beats you being present because a lot of parents may be home and they're like, Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm home, but you're not present. You know? And so I think people like you, you're, it's like, you get a different perspective because when you're gone, you miss it so much that you, these other people take it for granted. Right. Whereas you come home and you're like, man, I missed the hugs. I, I, I don't want to take that for granted. I want to ask, I want to do tuck-ins every night because I don't get this every night. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, my children made me feel good every time. Every time I re- I came back home, it was like I never left. And that was a blessing. And they just knew that it was about them right. when I got home. Yeah, because you were doing this for them. And they will drop their friends. They'll drop whatever they had to Because they also had another life, you know. Right. And they were just, it's about mommy. Yeah. I just want to be with mom. Wow. And that's, it was just a, an amazing bond. Wow. You know? So the year that I met you, you know, I think that Rashid was 16? Yes. 16. And now, so me and Lex had become workout buddies and we were pretty psycho about our workouts. I mean, this is back in my day, guys, that I was insane. Like, let's just not do more than five hours of cardio a day. Let's do the stadium too. Let's run. Let's go do some weights. Let's. So Lex and Lex was always up for it. Bless your heart. You're always like, I'll do another beating, another yes. workout. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. And so we even worked out in our garage. And I yes. remember, and this is in this, in this is, I would say this is a beautiful gift as well because you knew your son so well and we were talking one night and you'd said you know he's been not acting like himself his sleep patterns had been out of whack yes. but not anything that you and i were like it, i mean it was just conversation we'd be working out and you're like you know he got up he was eating in the middle of the night and you even said you go i wonder if he's like smoked some marijuana or something but you were like i'm so close with rashid i can't see him doing something like that you know and then it was not even a week later that I remember you text me saying, hey, I can't meet with you today because Rashid had gotten sick at school. He threw up mm-hmm. and you said, I got to cancel today because he, he got a headache so bad that it actually made him throw up and I'm taking him to the hospital. You were taking him to Portsmouth. Yeah. And that was the day that forever changed. So walk me through, because I'm sure you've relived it a lot. So yeah. because this is a healthy boy that the only thing outside of maybe sleep apps, he complained about some leg pain. Yes. Because we were on track and field together and we thought it was just workout stuff. So take me back to that, that week. So like you said, he, he was, he wasn't sleeping. Um, he was like, mom, um, I'm just not feeling right. You know, my legs hurt. And I was like, did you stretch after you're, you know, you're running? Yes, I am. Are you drinking enough water? 
Are you eating breakfast? Oh, I'm skipping breakfast. I said, that's probably it. Um, so normal stuff. So right. I had a, I had scheduled an appointment to for him to go see the doctor. But unfortunately, that day uh, was after when I got the call that he threw up and he had collapsed in school. And to be honest with you, this happened November 19th of 2010, which is one day. Wow. Tomorrow will be 11 years. Wow. You know, uh, I didn't share that with you because I figured That's this so will be the time. That, wow. So this is definitely uh, a divine connection. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, God doesn't make any mistakes for me to be here 11 years later. You yeah. Know, pretty much just to, just to tell the story. Yeah. And that's when I tell you I'm not coming. I rushed. I was actually having um, lunch with one of my coworkers. And I flew to the point where if I get stopped, I don't care. The <laughs> cops are going to have to chase me to the to the high school. All I remember is that when I got there, he was already in, with the nurse. Uh, he was laying there and I could see that he, he had throw up everywhere. And I said, I'm rushing you to, to the emergency room. And he said, well, can we go home first and take a shower? I said, we have no time. Needless to say, I rushed him to the emergency room. And the, I went all the way where the ambulance goes. I didn't even park or anything. And it's, I don't, and I know this is God because all I know is I saw this two medical personnel with a, with a wheelchair. They, I don't know if they were just moving it around. Right. And when I was getting him out of the car, that was the last time I saw my son walk. And they wow. put him into the wheelchair. And I didn't know that was the last time I was going to see him walk. Wow. And they pushed him right away because they just saw his condition. And three hours later is when the doctor told me he had three months to live. Um, you talking about not your world turning upside down? You know, I just thought I was dreaming. I was yeah. like, there's just no way. Because he just seems so healthy. So healthy. And so, you know, like I always saw Rashid, the first thing I think of is his diamond stud earrings. <laughs> yes. He was too cool for school. <laughs> you know, like, and he just, I mean, that, I, I loved, I loved the attitude with yes. it because that showed life, right? Yes. So it was so surprising. It was know? very surprising. Just remember that that August, he won the one that's a middle steeplechase. Yeah. You know, he was first place. When, you know, so that was very surprising. And all I know is um, they said, we found a mass, you know, and I said, we're going to have the entire team. And I said, well, definitely going to study and let you know. So he was diagnosed with brainstem glioma, which is the tumor is on top of the uh, your brainstem. So they couldn't remove it surgically. All they can do was to True. shrink it. So I just, I will say that. God chose him for a reason because the way that he took the news, he took it better than I did. I was crying. I was on the floor. You, you, you were there, Amy. And I, I'll tell you what, Amy was there since day one. You know, you were there for me. And I just can never repay you for that, for that support that you gave me. And I, I think it was because you beat me so much during the workouts. <laughs> So it, it was just um, when he learned about it. And I remember I was like, how, I said, doctor, well, how are you going to tell him this? He was like, I'll do my best. And as he's going and he's going around, this, around trying to sound positive, Rashid looked at him and said, doctor, you're telling me I'm dying. That's what it sounds like. It. The doctor showed and said, Yes. He said, that's all you had to tell me. So what can I do? And it was just his attitude was just complete. I was like, my tears just totally just froze on my face because I was like, is this real? A 16 year old taking it this way. And, and then he looked at me and he said, mom, you've always been my hero. Whatever decision you make, let's go for it. Wow. And I see it because at the end of the day, I'm 16 and I can't make my decisions. You're talking about putting that heavy load back on me, uh, but however, putting that trust in me. He said, you're you're my mother and you will do the right thing for me. I just, I I was floored. And I think it was almost 
you know, it was meant to be because we know God had mm-hmm. his hand in this is that because then he lost his speech after this. So not, you know, like, I think that was what was, you know, so hard was, and, and you can see God being orchestrated through it because I did see Rashid come to this childlike place where you couldn't help but feel like God was there. Yeah. You know, um, Kamele recently, actually, because, you know, Kamele hasn't had really a lot of strong faith just in general, because, you know, we kind of, we were, we went Mormon church and then I left that church. And um, earlier this year, I asked her, I said, you know, do you, do you believe in God? You know, and she goes, well, yeah. And the first example she gave me was Rashid's baptism. Oh my goodness. And I had forgot, honestly, a lot about that. And I'm like, how could I have forgot what was honestly, it was a miracle that night yeah. because in her eyes, I mean, she had to be only nine at that no, time. Nine. Yeah. She Great. said to me, she, she said to me, mom, I have no other explanation for what happened that night, you know, at that baptism. And I thought, well, oh, that's one more thing during that season because I saw so much of God when I saw that two-year-old like Rashid in bed when, you know, we'd have to feed him. And it just was, and then I saw God in you because I remember how many times, you know, after he lost his speech and you came back that one trip from Tennessee and um, he didn't look like himself, you know, and, and, you know, the kids not knowing that too. Because remember you said, listen, talk to the kids because when they see him, you know, they're not going to recognize him and it's going to be different. And, but you were, you know, what I loved about it with you is Rashid on the outside in terms of his clothes, you took so much pride, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you wanted, cause even though Rashid didn't know the difference anymore at that point, cause he was so childlike. I remember people would say to you like, why do you, why are you going to all this trouble? Cause you would have him dressed in the J's with the, the pants, yeah. with the shirt and the chain. Yeah. Like he looked like the Rashid that was at school. Yes. And I loved it so much because, you know, you would say, I want him to have his dignity. I want him to, you know, you know, he would want to look like this. He'd want to be presented. Whereas I think some people it's like when, you know, no one's looking, no one cares, who cares, right? That was like the way, but you've always been someone in all areas of your life is how you do anything is how you do everything. (laughs) And so it was why that even if you were taking Rashid to the doctor, you were dressing them up in his outfit and people would make comments (laughs) and you're like, listen, I know he doesn't know the difference anymore, but I do. And I know this is the Rashid and this is what he would, you know, be wanting to do. So, so you get the news, let's go back. You get the news. It is three months. The crazy thing is I don't even really remember processing that because you went right into battle mode of like one researching everything, refusing to accept it and seeing everything you possibly could, you know, like as alternatives. Right. I mean, I remember finding something in India, I think some some concoction, (laughs) you know, I can appreciate that because I've done those same searches but, and never showing, you know, even Rashid that fear because you went in the, I, mean, I remember when you were in Tennessee, you went in the bathroom to sob, you know, instead yeah. of showing him right. that, you know, you always showed him this, this strong fighter, which I think also gave him the belief too, that he could continue to fight. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Because, you know, no one can even comprehend. So, so it wasn't three months. How long? Let's talk about that journey. So you get the news. I mean, luckily at that point, I think St. Jude's right. Then yes. offered. So you go to St. Jude's. So talk me through that. So St. Jude's offered um, for us to come over there because it was a very rare case. This case actually typically is, is it goes from um, a newborn up to 10 months old. Um, so it's a 1% that this, it happens. Children are born with that. Wow. Here it is a 16 year old. So we went to St. Jude's and I will tell you that um, St. Jude's, it's a safe haven. It's the only place I donate to, by the way, because of your experience with St. Jude. And I'll tell you, and, and, and whoever donates to St. Jude's, thank you. Whoever, after they hear this and they just know that every dime that you donate, it goes towards the family and towards that child care. The families don't spend not, not one penny for transportation to get there from and their treatments to being to oh, living in, in, in a mansion to being fed and just I've never had to pay a dime. Which is such a relief. And yes. I think it's why I donate and people yes. even on my birthday have donated in yes. my name because the last thing you need to be stressed about right. is like 
How am I going to eat? I mean, you're just trying to battle for your child. And now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay for this. Right. Right. Because people don't talk about that side of cancer and how that can drain someone alone is just not being able to afford it. And I mean, I know you would have sold your last item. I would have, you know, to do that. But it's nice that there are places that and also it's a center that allows parents to be in a place where it's comfortable. It doesn't feel like you're in a hospital bed per se. Say you're like in a in a little condo, you know, like more for the long term, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and so there's a separate building within St. Jude's because you know I did the entire tour. And there's nothing but volunteers 24-7 raising money. Wow. To make sure that these families are taken care of. And they're 24 and they're volunteers. They're not getting paid. They're spending their time to help the families in this world. Wow. People from Africa I've met, I mean, from all over the world. I've actually became very good friends with a couple from Africa. Their 16-year-old had 17 tumors. And to be honest with you, he is, he lives now. He survived. Wow. And they have been in St. Jude's a year already from the time I checked in. Wow. And they totally relocated. They, they had another son and he actually went to school, you know, in Tennessee just to keep things normal within their, in their, within their family. It's just a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful experience. Um, not something, it wasn't a happy moment in my life, but it was a definitely a relief. It was a beautiful experience just to know that we have humans out here still that care, mm-hmm. you know, and they want to give in, give their time just to, to raise money so other families don't have to worry about right. the cost. That is just a beautiful, that's a blessing, you know, uh, itself. And do you think it also in times like that, it really allows you to see the people that are your true friends through times like that. Right. Because I think even the track team, that's where you see back then such a strong support for you, but it really shows you the people that are there for you. And then the ones, unfortunately that either one don't know how to process it. Cause there are those people that maybe they just don't know what to say, but then there are those others that you do, you know, unfortunately they, they aren't the friends that you think they are. And you know, you know, that it's times like this that honestly help you see. So right? God definitely wins them out. Right. Yes. So it's just like to say, either when you go to jail or you go to the hospital, whatever it may be, that's when true friendship really comes in, in, in into your eyes. So coach Stan from track seven, five, seven coach Keenan and the entire and Kimberly, you know, yep. Them three have been, and they're still part of my life. You know, they're so amazing. Every year they raise money to give a scholarship under my son's name. Which is so amazing. So any, uh, you know, for that, that member, that, that high school senior that's going to college from the track team, they give it and they call it the Rashid Ramid Scholarship Fund. And they were not going to let that die. And they haven't. And when they, they actually asked me, can we do this? I'm just like, you really ask me, no, we need your permission because we want to make sure that it's not going to affect you in any way. Right. And for them to even say that, it's just so thoughtful. You yeah. Know? I love them. You know, like you say, there's other people in my life that are no longer a part of my life, you yep. know, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, to me, every time that we're dealing with something in our lives, people look at it as a problem. I look at it as a blessing. I love that. You know, um, true enough, it's, it's a problem, but we're not going to focus on the problem. There's a blessing behind that. Right. You know, and I was blessed to have you. I was blessed to have Coach Stan. I was blessed to have Coach Keenan, Kimberly, and others that I, that I you know. Yeah. Um, and, of course, my family, you know. And then there was a special man that came in my life during that time. So let's talk about that because so we're in the, I mean, and we're kind of jumping everywhere and this is, this is great. This is what I love about just the the flow here is so you're, you're fighting through this. I mean, you're a single mom. It would be so easy for my brain to be, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is God going to take away my son from my, I only have two children. And now what about my, I mean, we had this top conversation. Mm. You said, what about destiny? What, What about her not having, what? saved you from spiraling down those thoughts all the time? Because I know we have those thoughts, but what separates you from others that continue down that path to, to squash it? God delivered me. Okay. 
I question God, as I'm pretty sure many do. Uh, and it's okay. You know, it's not okay, but I guess it's okay at the moment. Yeah. And then as the same thing, why me? You know, but then again, I turn around and say, why not me? Right. You know, I maybe this is God's purpose in my life. And I have to fulfill that purpose, you know, and God gave his own son. Right. And here you are. You know, and at the end of the day, that's his son. I'm his daughter. You know, he blessed me to be his mother for 16 years. God delivered me. He totally spent everything. One day I was just driving and I asked for deliverance. That was my whole time. God, I need you to deliver me. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I need to understand. I'm having a hard time. Please do. And he delivered me. All I know is just I'm driving to work and just fears, just tears, tears. just falling down my face. And I just started thinking about that. Your purpose in life is bigger than yourself. You know, and I just and I had to fight for my daughter. You know, because I've I'm still a mother at the end of the day. Right. He's gone. He was my firstborn. But I have her. And what am I what am I teaching her? To give up? Well, I, you know? I remember you saying that to me because yes. we we went in the bathroom your second trip to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, where she had gotten some of the speech back. So we were really I remember when you left, and this was this was a weekend that I questioned God because I was feeling I felt like we'd felt God, you know, like you said, you said, I'm going to go. And when I get back, Amy, you and I are going to talk because I had, you know, this is just full disclosure. I had just found out that, you know, if you followed my story and you go back to those episodes, I'd found out that I was pregnant and, you know, that my, my life was essentially over. I mean, I was saying this to, to Lex and she was the only person that knew. And so I dropped her off at the airport that day. And I remember you said, listen, we're going to go, I'm going to get good news. And when I come back, we will be able to talk about this and, We'll, we'll address it, Amy. I'm going to help you. And so I dropped you off that day. And because, you know, Rashid's speech was coming back, I felt like that was a God sign. Yes. And let's talk about that because I think sometimes, it, and, and, and maybe it could have been, but it didn't have to be a permanent one. But for sure, at that moment, I was like you, where I'm like, she's going to get back. We're going to have great news. He's been doing better. He's doing, because he was doing the sp- speech therapy yes. and starting to ring his bell and, you know, all of that, right? And so... In the meantime, my life is just in shambles, like literally feeling like my life is over. And so when you came back, I I know it was God because, you know, God used you to yeah. then share with me this. You know, when you got back, you said, listen, I didn't want to share this on the phone with you because I couldn't get away from Rashid and I wanted to have privacy, but he's not going to live. And I was and you took me and you said, Amy, I would do anything to have more time with him, please don't have an abortion. Because I was, I was contempl- I was so, I was in such a low place and I'm not proud of that. I never thought that that would be something that crossed my mind. But when you feel so like you're going to ruin everyone's lives around you, you, you think of crazy things. And I know that it was God using you to tell that to me because I wouldn't have Leilani today. Yes. <laughs> Which and, is beautiful, by the way. And, you know, you said to me, you're like, I would do anything, Amy, right now to have another day. And I thought, wow, well, I have a life inside me. Yes. And by me doing that, I'm not allowing that life, you know. And it was a huge moment for me because that was when we really just, we faced everything, you know, in my life. So here you are going through your horrible thing and you're like helping me through mine, <laughs> you know, which I will say is a great biblical lesson in that serving others because yes. We helped each other because what happened was here, no one knew my deep, dark secret. So I was able to come over to your house and help with Rashid and, you know, do things that distracted me. And it's such a key thing that when you are in your own misery and you are, you know, feeling like you are a victim to your, and you probably, you could very well be a victim. Like you were to your circumstances. I mean, mine was brought on myself, but you can always find a way through service to forget. Absolutely. And to help remind yourself that, you know what, someone else has something they're going through and maybe I can help them. And it takes away, you know, some of our pain because otherwise I don't know how I got so blessed during that time to have you be so selfless with that. Because honestly, I felt like a leper in that 
I didn't want anyone to know and no one would support me. And you, I mean, you judged me in the positive ways where you're like, don't be an idiot. And you know, like, why are you doing this? Which any good friend, because you had strong core values and ethics. And that's important to know because, you know, you, you, you should set your friends straight. But what I loved is you still loved me with no judgment. And you were like, I'll be there for you. And that meant everything to me because in a time where I felt so alone, you know, and Rashid was such a gift to me. I don't even think you realize the times that I got to be alone with him. Um, there was a time I've, I've shared this before with a couple of friends, but you know, when Rashid became so childlike, he was in diapers yeah. <laughs> and I had to one day, you know, he had a messy diaper yeah. and I took him in the shower and I just, it made me so sad that you had to as a mom because it broke my heart as a mom yeah. that I had to watch him in such a vulnerable position because he's a 16 year old. Yeah. So it's like a two year old mind, but a 16 year old body. And he was just so childlike and just so happy. Yeah, like so happy. he's so happy. He always put a smile on my face. Yeah. It didn't matter. Like I could be in the crappiest of moods and feel like my life is in shambles. And I'd show up to your house and where she would find something just to be smiling or laughing at that would always put it back in perspective, you know, for me. But I still always just, I kept thinking like, God's not going to take him away from you because I looked at you as such a close knit family that I'm like, Mm. he couldn't possibly do that. And I know that, you know, your belief and your faith was so high, clear until the end. So talk me through that. How were you able to, I mean, one, always keep the faith and stay away from the fear? Because I mean, I know I'm sure you had it, but you certainly never showed it to me. So what were you doing behind the scenes to, to keep it together? Cry in the closet. I cry in the closet and I prayed in the closet. And then um I put my space together when I got out of there because my son was always happy. And one of the things that he didn't like is for me to cry. And there's a song that he dedicated to me. You remember that yeah. song? Uh, and there's one particular um, thing that he says there says, I hate when I see you cry. And I just had to always remember that. And he never cried until one particular day. You know, I was cleaning his space and I was getting ready to work before the nurse came over and one tear just fell down his face. So I'm thinking I messed up his eye or water fell. And I was like, I'm sorry that I hit your face. He's like, no, mom, it's a tear. And I said, wow. said, but it's a happy tear. He said, because I got the best mom in this world. Mm -hmm. And thank you for taking care of me. And I was just like, wow. He said, please don't cry. He will always say that. Please don't cry. So it was the closet. The closet was my best friend. And I had a Bible in there. And I would just sit there. Like, you know, sometimes when you're a little girl and you got the little light, um, I would just sit under my clothes in the Bible because I didn't want Destiny to see me either. And I was just, that was, that was it. The closet was just my special, your little special place. And I just read the word. And I fed my my body, you know, and I built my body with spiritual words and I just kept reading the word. And I will, when I left that closet, I feel like a champ. I was ready to to go back into the war zone, you know, and I just had to do that, you know, because my kids always saw me as a strong woman. They did. They and did. they still do, you know. And my daughters always say there's just one thing that I'm trying to I don't know if I can ever do that. It's just be strong as you. I was, I was just going to say, you have, you've built huge shoes to fill, you know, and and, in a positive way, because destiny has had a role model that has shown her one, that you always put your family first. Yes. And two, that, you know what, you can, you can have all sorts of obstacles come your way and you, you win it, you beat it, you overcome it. You, you know, you're, you're not just a, survivor you're a thriver you know like it's one thing to survive things like this but the other side of the story was so beautiful because here you were the single mom (laughs) and 
you know, Lex, like the men liked Lex a lot because she's, she's a hottie, you know? And so you had all, you never had that problem with meeting men, but it was meeting the men that treated you the way that your now husband, James treats you was such a beautiful, I felt like God brought him in your life at that time for this reason, because he was taking another man from you that was so close to you. And so he was, it was almost like not a token, but like, I want to give you something to show you that, you know, have, keep having faith in me because this could break someone. Like I know for me, I mean, I cannot say that I would be able to handle it the way that you have, because I would just be, it's so, you know, are we going to be bitter or better? Right. Are we going to try to find the silver lining and try to find something positive of this, or are we going to just be, because you could tell that, spin that story either way. Right. So you knew James before this, right? Like he knew you from years before and, but had heard about Rashid having cancer. Is that what, that was what it was, right? Yes. So So tell me about that. I met James back in 2000. Uh, We were instructors in Pensacola, Florida. Um, And we remained friends for years. at uh, one point, when we thought about getting together, but I knew he was going to be in California. I was going to be, you know, on the East Coast. I was not going to do that. Um, but when he reached out to me, it was during that time. But I wasn't talking much. Um, so I remember a particular text. He's like, hey, just checking on you. He didn't know what had happened. And all I said is, like, I sent him the link of my of my blog to explain because I was just I, sometimes I just didn't want to talk about it. right what's going on with it was just too much right um he later he later had told me that when he looked at that text he was like wow that's kind of cold you know like he didn't know that's <laughs> right he actually click the link you know the link and then he said that's what he was like oh my god he was reaching out to me because he was telling me that he had gotten orders to Virginia and he's relocating and you know he wanted to see me yeah he said but he didn't know my life was the way it was so this is i was in tennessee when that happened when i came back from tennessee is when he was actually closing on the house and he came and visited me and you know of course he met rashi when he was a little baby right so he was about four or five years old so he know him too and then when he saw him at that state it's like and you've been doing this Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and from there, it's just uh, we reconnected, you know, and now I became Mrs. Sandifer, you know. But I'll tell you that uh, I didn't think I needed a man during that time. Oh, you were Miss. This is what is the most beautiful (laughs) thing of this story is you were Miss Independent that you were like, I don't need a man. Almost, I would say, borderline man hater. And it was only because of all the hurts you'd had. Yes. I mean, if you and I could get talking about men, we would have been. Yes. You know, and, you know, I was just not in that mind, you know, and my and my life was about my two kids. Yes. my son is fighting for his life. Yeah, you're like, I don't need no. I don't need no one. And needless to say, God sent him because he said, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> and I was saying, no, I don't. No, I don't. And God definitely showed me different. So sometimes when we think that we know it all or that we know we don't need this at this time, God has a different plan for you and you better, you know, you better follow it. It's funny you say that because I think a lesson I've had to learn this last year, it's probably a lesson you had to learn is surrender, right? <laughs> yes. It's like actually giving it up and yes. allowing someone else. Cause I mean, I'm always the person that I'm like, I'll be on the side of the road dead before I ask for help. And that is not a good quality right. to miss exactly. because it doesn't give, say someone like James that wants to come in and help take care of you yes. that opportunity. And you know, and then he said, the minute that I witnessed that your life, came to a complete stop. I was like, wow. In the way that I saw you maneuvering him in and out of the wheelchair, taking him to treatments. You know, I even remember I did CPR on my son. Yes. Because that the nurse, chicken nugget. The, the, the nurse supposed to Exactly. You know, this all this military training did come in effect. You just don't know how God has uh, built you up to, to a certain point. Yes. To me, the discipline that I have to be on time with his chemo. To be on time with his, you know, 100%, 100% that military. I'm telling you, I was just like, wow, 
I remember you had a mini fridge in your in your room and you were so organized. And yes. I will say that even probably the structure habits yes. even just helped you keep sane because you've always been an exerciser. Yes. You, you kept that in your life because you're like, if I'm not taking care of myself, yes. how am I going to be able to lift him out of this wheelchair? Absolutely. Like all of that training came back to help you during that because, you know, we'd have to get him out of that and put him in the bed. I mean, it was not easy. It was he was easy. a tall kid too. You're little. <laughs> yes. People see you. They have no clue that Rashid was like this 16 year old yeah. over six feet. Yes. You know, people be like, wait, this is your mom. Yes. You know, they didn't realize. They, it, absolutely. And then I'll tell you what, this is another thing of St. Jude's where I love the fact is when we came back home, they actually pay the nurse four hours per day for the week so I can go and do things for myself. And I was able to keep some normality back in my life. And that's when I would take the time to go run or do what I had to do. Yes. Because I'm like, if I don't take care of myself, how am I going to take care of him or my daughter? I just I have to keep normality back in my life. I even actually went back to work for a couple of hours. That's right. There. Everybody at work thought I was crazy. You know, I'm just like, no, I said, I'm going to keep living. He's yes. still here. Yes. He's that was still here. He is not done. He's not checked out. So I'm not checking out with him. You know, I'm not doing that. I wonder if that's unconsciously why, because people have called me reckless at times because we <laughs> wanted to do stuff because they're like, you're supposed to be fighting because like, they expect you to be in bed dying. Yes. Right. No. And I always watched, you would be like beep bopping everywhere with yes. him. Like you were like, we will pack this up. We will go do the walks. I remember that one time people were like, you should not be taking him out. And yes. you know, you're like, I mean, we can't stop doing the things right. that, you know, life has, especially not just for Rashid, but for Destiny. Cause you were like, if I just stop everything in her life, right. what is that showing her? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It, like, cause she still was a little child that was like mm-hmm. needing your love and needing to feel just as important as Rashid, you know, yes. because she's not seeing the, you know, they're not understanding what's going on. So, so James comes into your life and really actually goes through the hardest thing in your life where some people it causes divorce for you too. It actually got you closer. Right. Yes. And do you think that part of it was letting your guard down and surrendering to that? Yes, it was. It, it definitely was actually, uh, um, one of my sister's, you know, I actually was like, you're definitely doing something totally different that I've never seen you do is just surrender to the point that I actually moved in with him, which I, I've never done that. Because you'd always had your own place. I had my and... own stuff. So she was like, wow, this is different, you know. And I said, you know, I just, um, the minute that Rashi was diagnosed, my life changed, you know. I had to rewire, yeah. you know, that I'm no longer the same Lex. My life will never be the same, you know. And I said, but at the same time, I'm not going to dwell on losing my son. I have lost my son. I have my daughter to live for. I have myself to live for, you know. And I was just like, I just, I want to fulfill God's purpose for me. I really do. And that is my intent in this life right now It's just, Am I fulfilling your purpose, God? Wow. Am I? Because at the end of the day, I know I'm going to reunite with my son. You know, his life on purpose, Rashi's life on purpose on life was short. Yes. But it was perfect. Yep. It was a perfect, and God wanted his perfect child with him. You know, a 16-year-old that we thought he was doing drugs because he couldn't sleep, you know, I feel so bad that actually that crossed my my head. But then again, that's just being a normal mom and concerned. But then again, he's a virgin. I know. Well, that's why you were like, there's no way. (laughs) You know, and I'm just like, wow, you know, some that that was his purpose. His purpose was to be on this earth for 16 years. Yeah. And he earned his wings. I'm still trying to earn mine. You know, we're here. Yeah. Our journey is longer. You know, here you are going through what you're going through and still sending positive messages. You still, you are fulfilling God's purpose. Don't ever doubt that because you're doing that. You fought for Leilani and look at her now. Right. You know, we fight for our children. You, you've been there, done that, and you're still doing that. You are a phenomenal woman. You're touching lives. You are touching lives. Well, thanks to you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, wow, there's been a lot of things that I don't think I've even realized has 
you know, shape me so much. And I hope someone that's listening right now that whether you're going through something or, you know, someone that's going through something like there is, you know, and, and, and we are allowed to kind of have a voice in saying this because we've experienced it ourselves that you have to separate yourself and say, am I going to be the victim or am I going to be the victor here? Am I going to be bitter? Or am I going to be better? Like the, the thing that separates, because here's the thing, Lex, you know, found success. Like I call it success in that you were able to get through this period of your life, but it's not just this area. It's every area of her life that she's very successful. And this isn't just coincidence. It's because of what separates you from others. And it is your perspective. It is your drive. It is your, I mean, there's so many things I want us to talk about those things because people need to see that it isn't just by accident. It is you getting up every day and having faith, you know, like, I don't know what I would have done without, I mean, I don't know what I would do on a daily basis without faith and just hope. Right. Right. So faith, right. Faith is huge. And every time when I listen to your podcast, you always mention faith. I want you to know that word <laughs> always comes out. Right. And there's, um, my pastor one time broke it down faith. Right. So he said four old issues to heaven. Oh. Right. So that really, I was like, wow. And he's saying, you're a woman of faith. And the reason because you poured all your issues to heaven, that's the reason why you continue to be blessed. And you trust God. And I was like, whoa. Right. So here it is. I'm, uh, report to my new job and I met this um, person that wasn't quite, didn't have the best attitude in the world. Just didn't know. I was just like, but I was always going, hey, good morning, you know, stuff like that. Even though her morning was not a good morning. And then one time we, you know, I managed to get to her and I said, I don't know what you're going through or what it is to get a smile in your face. And I said, but whatever you're going through, and I said, forward all your issues to heaven faith right that that's it when i actually left which i was there for only 16 months before i transferred to the ship she had made a plaque engraved with faith and actually spelled out wow right so i took that with me and i put it in my office on the ship and this all of my sailors will come and say Every time I'm having a bad day, I just got to come and, and read this, you know. And there was one particular lady that, one particular uh, young lady that was actually not, have not made the wisest decision and thought that her world was going to come to an end, but took her to the side and I talked to her about faith and all that stuff. Needless to say, she fell in love with my little thing. I transferred. And as much as I hate that I wanted, I wanted to give her that, but I know it was a gift. Right, right. But I was just like, I'm just going to let her know that her gift, I'm going to just gonna pass it down. That's a blessing. <laughs> right. So I gave it to her when I left. She just wrote me an email about maybe two weeks ago. And the problem that she was facing, because I told her, keep pushing. You are going to succeed. You're going to overcome. It's because of that faith. And I said, now I have it in my office. And I tell everybody about the story behind this. So faith is true. I forward all my issues to heaven. I really do. Um, Faith is a huge. So when I heard you say that, I'm like, man, what a connection. Yeah. You know, because we all talk about faith. But when it comes for you to actually, when you're going through something, do you really have faith? Right. Well, because that's just it. And it's it's evidence based on your decisions you're making. And I could tell back then that you had the faith he was going to beat it because you were planning things. You guys went down to Miami. like You were doing things that were showing, even though he didn't understand it, everyone around you was like full speed ahead. Like Lex is not giving up. Like we're, you know, and I think if people could just grasp how important that is, because I, I try to explain it to people where it's like, listen, Let's say like, like, for example, I'm getting scans tomorrow because tomorrow is how crazy that tomorrow. Even, so tomorrow is my scan day. But anyways, I'm getting scans and I probably won't get my results till Monday. And so I tell people all the time, like without faith, I could go through the whole weekend being worried. Right. And I could just it could be just a wreck for me. But the thing is, is maybe the news could be bad. 
But what good does it do for me this whole weekend to stay in that place, right? So same with Rashid, like you may have been given that news, even when you got news the second time that he wasn't going to make it, you still refused until he was that last breath, that very last decision to be made at the hospital. Like you never gave up. You always kept that faith. And I wish people would see that what other choice do you have? Because it's either be miserable and worry. I mean, people might say, well, that's, that's just being ignorance is bliss, but I'd rather stay in that place and live in the cherishing the moments, right. Versus living in the fear. So praying obviously is what helped you stay in there. And then of course, how, you know, when the, when it wasn't the happily ever after that you always are hoping for, what went through your head those next few days and how were you able to forgive God? You know I mean? Honestly, and like really be okay with it. Actually, um, it wasn't really about forgiving God. It's, he brought me to an understanding before my son passed. Okay. And that's what I thought, because you I know, thought you had your, you had your acceptance. Peace, you yes, were at peace. I was at peace. Um, the only decision that was hard for me was, do I remove him out of his breathing tube or not? You know, right. Cause he'd been having, so take me through that. Cause he'd started having seizures Yes. to the point that then they were, it wasn't like he was dying. It was, he was dying from the medications that were causing so many of these things to happen. Yeah, right. Remember his lung collapse. Yes. And he, uh, overcame. Remember I had to, I flew him from Florida yep. and I had a private jet Yeah. because I made a huge thing. About you need to leave your son here. You got to go back to work in Virginia. I'm not leaving my son. You're like I, you got to do. I have been serving in this country. You go tell me I gotta. There's there's got to be a medical uh, helicopter that can land to there. Yeah, <laughs> you are happen. Remember? Yep. <laughs> anyway, you talking about fighting? I didn't care. You know, and um, so what I'm saying is, um, yes, his lung collapsed. He had seizures. Uh, I remember him. Uh, the minute that I was supposed to, he was in ICU all the time. Then he was like, uh, okay, we're leaving tomorrow. And I'm telling you, that day, I was extremely hesitant because I was like, I knew that his seizures were going to be more. So now I had to be trained by the doctor on how to, you know, he had the seizure kit. Right. And, you know, I have already administered his chemo. You know, I already you were doing that was all. his nurse. Yeah. And now I got to do one more thing. And I was like, seizure? Oh, my God. You know, so when I went to uh, actually get him out of the hospital, the doctor said, go get the medicine first. You know, and he said, you're going to get a big bag and then we'll we'll get him ready or whatever. So I went to the pharmacy. I was just praying. I said, Lord, Jesus Christ. I was like. I know he's on his final phases. I'm an, I was accepting it, you know, and I said, the more every time we leave the hospital, it's just like the back keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was just like, Lord, I just, I'm afraid. And I did. I told God, you know, I'm afraid. You're going to have to help me through this because I just, I need you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I come up, I brought his favorite shorts, T-shirt and all that. And he was like, he told the nurse, I want my mom to get me dressed because he always wanted me to dress. Yeah. Up. So the nurse said, well, I will help her. And, you know, we did what we had to do. And when I was um, putting his shirt over his head is when he had a seizure, seizure. and in my hands. And he had told me he loved me. He said, he said Mom, I'm going home. Mm. I'm happy I'm going home. I said, yes, you are, baby. You're going home. I didn't know home. He what went. he meant, a different home. Because that was the last. Yes. And um, the way that, you know, when you're born as child, they place you, they place that child in your arms. That's how my son died in my arms. Mm. You know, 16-year-old, like a baby. But, you know, of course, you know, uh, they did the DNR thing. And um, they are like, we're going to put him in hospice. And they're just like, so what are you going to do? You're going to have to make a decision because they had intubated. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, you have to make a decision. I remember the doctor, the doctor loved him. Everybody loved him because he was just a happy child, you know? And uh, the doctor said, you have to make a decision. And, you know, have you ever watched the movie and you have a parent that is 
losing a child. They're like, what would you do, doctor, if it was your child? Right. That was me. <laughs> You're like turning it back. <laughs> so, he was used to that from me because he's like, you're just a fire truck, you know, and uh, so he and he's like, I knew you was going to ask me that. Me and we were friends. We right. became friends. Yeah. And I said, he said, think about it overnight and we're going to go out here. We're going to talk about it. Going overnight, I came and I just couldn't decide. So I had a friend that um, she later disclosed to me that when she, she said, remember when I just popped in on the ICU one day? I said, yes, what happened? Her name is Ellison. She said, Rashid actually had texted me. He said, come see me. And then when I came to see him, you was there because you always there. And then he texted me what you was in there and said, tell her that you want something to eat. Get her out of here. So he's like, so she, he's like, oh, man, I'm hungry, this and that. And he's like, yeah, I'm hungry, too. So I said, okay, I'll go get something to eat. But it was an opportunity to talk to her. Oh, wow. And what he has said is, I'm ready to go. I've been holding on because of mom. She's <sighs> not ready. <sighs> so when I had to make that decision, that's when she came in and shared that story with me. And I was just like, God is always on time. And that was finally your... You know, and then the doctor also told me, I'm gonna, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. And it's one word that's gonna change the entire view and everything. Then when you do things for someone, it's to help them. When you do things to someone, it's to hurt them. By you keeping him in that too, you're doing something to him. So I made the decision, you know, and that's when we had the hospice and then, uh, but I was already at peace, you right. know, and God has sent, his message through my son to give to my girlfriend. Yep. God works in. Wow. God really used Rashid. When you look back at I'm that. I'm telling you, it's a blessing. That's what I said. We look at it as a promise. It's a blessing when you start thinking and when you get, get over that funk and you get rid of that, you know, like, why me, why me? And you start looking at why not me? And you start looking at all the miracles that he did perform. God performed miracles. Yeah. God, you know, Rashid lost his speech. And then one day he started talking. I know. You know, and I'm just like, how did that happen? He how did he get out of the ba bathtub when he couldn't walk? Right. Like, it's that just, was crazy. I witnessed miracles. Miracles. God is real. And there's miracles that I not witnessed that for myself. So why would not I spread or why? I love sharing my story. You know, I, I have saved lives. Mm. I have saved a particular young sailor. Soon after my son died, I went to the ship because my son told me, you're not done yet. So you're my hero, mom. You go out there, you continue. You still got it. You got to touch sailors. You're not done yet. He said, I'm going to be your hero from above. You, I'm going I'm to cheer you from above. Is what he would tell me. So I, because I thought about terminating the military. Right. And I went back to the ship. There was this particular young sailor that was having, was having a rough time and some suicidal ideation he didn't want to go to the counselor but when i became his division officer when i was going through counseling i was using what i was learning from right. the counselor and i was using it on oh, him yeah. i didn't know that that was helping him to the point he said i don't want to go to the counselor i want to come see you wow right needless to say making a little short is he actually almost went through with it one night but the first person he thought about calling was me Wow. And when I went to his apartment, and this was 11 o'clock at night, and I told him out of it, the next morning he learned he was going to be a daddy. Wow. He has three children now. Wow. Yes. I think well, it's, I think it's amazing. And it's amazing. I'm, I'm sure you'll hear more stories even after this, because, you know, we'll be sharing this mm -hmm. and People will come back to you and remember that era. I mean, I know it's changed my children. You know, mm -hmm. Kai and Gamaley will never be the same from just watching you go through that, watching him be such a fighter, watching mm -hmm. Destiny as a sister. You know, um, for me, it, it changed everything from my perspective. It changed my life and decisions that I made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that you've been able to take something that could absolutely destroy people and instead 
you've actually used it as a superpower, which is really, really, you know, people when I, cause it's crazy that I tell people super cancer is my superpower. And they're <laughs> yes, like, I love that. what? I love that. I'm like, yes. but you have to understand that it's, I get a perspective now on life. You get a perspective yes. now on life that other people, unfortunately don't get to don't have, get don't get you it. know? And so seeing it as a blessing, like mm-hmm. you say, is, is so powerful because it is what separates you from others. It is why you've stayed in the military this long. So successfully is you aren't done. You aren't done sharing it. And Hey, maybe this will inspire you to, you know, if if you're listening now, I mean, bringing Lex on your podcast, because since you do love to share and a lot of people don't like, this is what will give people hope And we're living right now in such a dark time. You know, people are so depressed. And, you know, a lot of times for reasons that they just need to get their butt up and realize that life is not so bad. And so sometimes hearing extreme stories like this makes them go, okay, my life is not so bad. I can get up and face another day. So I just want to thank you for coming on today and just sharing your story and It's been such a blessing to me just to kind of reconnect after all these years. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. I love you. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm just afraid that this touches someone because if we can touch one person in this world, our job is done. Yes. You know, and you're doing a wonderful thing here. And you just, what number? You're going to be that 101, not 100. (laughs) We're going to go one-on-one. <laughs> okay. Gonna- oh, man. Love you. I love you. Thank you so much. And those of you, I'm going to have all the information in the show notes where you can find Lex. And uh, just thanks again for joining us and share this podcast with someone that needs some inspiration. Okay. I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about, I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and learn from all the mistakes that I've made along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it. Go give me a review. Of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me, you know, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission.